Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Halloween edition of It's a Wonderful Podcast. My name is Nolan Dean, and joining me this evening to speak about our spooky choice for the first week is Morgan Robinson, a man with the voice of one of the auditions for the creepy butler from the Haunted Mansion. The film we will be discussing today is The Invited, coincidentally my nickname during primary school whenever it came to my classmates' birthday parties. Like the characters in this movie, my childhood was also filled with cheap houses, (laughs) ghosts, and the strange desire to say fuck it and jump off of a cliff. Welcome to the show. You know what, Nolan? I... It's a wonderful podcast. Hello, everyone, by the way. It's a wonderful podcast. There's never been one to script many things. However, I think that was extraordinary. Well done. Well done. What an intro. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 180 of It's a Wonderful Podcast. As Nolan rightly said, it is spooky season, ghostly season, as we are calling it, on the show, because ghosts are taking over. This the main show, as well as Morgan hasn't seen all month of October, and it is our first of the month together nolan is is. this movie the uninvited as you said i appreciated the joke about i I mean the only thing that's funnier than that joke is the fact that it's true yeah kind (laughs) of but also i would open with the question are ghosts really uninvited would you not welcome them no i suppose that uh that kind of title would fit more if this was a vampire story, I guess. I mean, people don't... I mean, some people don't like ghosts, sure. But I am of the persuasion who would be quite interested in having a ghost about the place just for some interest. As long as his name isn't Casper, because I have a strange fear that if they try and do a new Casper movie now, they're going to get James Corden to voice him. Oh, dear. As we have seen recently in the news, Hollywood is not really great at getting actors to voice major characters. For the upcoming Mario movie, it seems like it's going to be the first one where Peach kidnaps herself. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not convinced on on, on that movie, to be honest with you at all. I always figured Chris Pratt was a stage name because he's both a Christian and a Pratt. Are you just is this this is this is the Nolan Dean comedy hour, isn't it? And we're all here for it. I hope we're all here for it. Well, you picked a great movie to start off with. This is the most English f- film premise I've ever seen. First of all, we start off with a line that says we stopped off for a fortnight of rest. Are you in a fucking coma? For a star, okay, you don't have a fortnight at rest. You have a fortnight holiday. Use your language correctly, you fucking imbecile. And secondly, getting a cheap house that has ghosts in it, but going for it anyway because it's cheap, that sounds like the most British thing I have ever heard of. I... um... Okay, this movie is very English. We are talking about 1944s. The Uninvited, a ghost movie, obviously. It's ghostly season. Uh, But it's got Ray Maland in it, who is your nice 
big name and Ruth Hussey and Donald Crisp, who I really like. Not just because his name's Donald Crisp and it sounds like, oh, that's such a good stage name. But Donald Crisp sounds like a brand of crisps that you get in Waitrose. It does, like a fancy, a fancy crisp. Donald Crisp. Hello. A VR flavor. I'm not just any crisp, I'm Donald Crisp. <laughs> Is that what, Do- I think Donald that's what crisp- Donald Trump's going to try and come back and run as in 2024. Well, I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't. That would be a disservice to the great Donald Crisp, who is, just put, by the way... You'll put a moustache on and do a fake British accent and say, no, I am I am Donald Donald Crisp. It's funny you should say that, Nolan, because I, I believe Donald Crisp is in the moustache hall of fame. Oh, well, fantastic. He might not be, actually. He might not be. I might have just watched a movie where he had a good moustache and we didn't actually do it on the show. He isn't in the Mustache Hall of Fame, unfortunately. However, we we will have a new inductee today, and quite a fun one, actually, um, from The Uninvited. But I like Donald Crisp. He's a fun supporting character actor in many, many movies. And he's the grandfather who sells the uh, coastal mansion, as it were, in this movie. Nolan, is there something inherently scary about the coast? Or is there something inherently ghostly about it? Because last week, me and Janine talked to the ghost and Mrs. Muir, which was also a coastal residence being haunted. What is it about the place? Well, I'll sum it up for our American audiences. Uh, A beach is a nice layer of sand where you can go and have some fun in the ocean and get killed by great white sharks in Amity Island. The coast, however, is a much more sinister (laughs) affair, as it's usually where English people go to hide the buried bodies of their dead relatives. Yeah, it's just uh, jagged rocks and cliff edges, and uh, we get plenty of cliff edges. Uh, cliffhangers but literally I suppose in this movie because people like to hypnotically try and throw themselves off the cliff which is I mean if you're on an English seaside vacation I'd be jumping off the cliff as well it depends where you go do you know what Nolan there are some lovely coastal places in Britain is this where you plug your little road trip I did have a very nice time on my little road trip and visited some coastal places that were very nice, but possibly also haunted, which I suppose is fun. But I think we're in, are we in Devon or Cornwall in this movie? It's Cornwall for sure. Cornwall's a very ghostly place anyway. There's so much spookiness to do with Cornwall. I always think Cornwall should be a separate country because it's just on its own at the edge of England, not really kind of fraternizing with the rest of us. I feel like it should have a borderline that's just made up of like cans of green giant sweet corn. Yeah, it's got its own language. Like Cornish is a language. I, I just think... Also, Corn, everything I, I sounds better Cornish if you add Cornish. If you add corn to the start of anything, it sounds better. Cornish pasty. Cornish hen. Cornish pasties are nice. Corn-fed chicken. I don't think corn-fed chicken is specifically chicken that's been fed in Cornwall, though. So, 
I'd like to think it is. If it was a corn-fed chicken from Cornwall, I think that's just extra corn, at which point the chicken is the most pristine chicken you could possibly eat. With the current food shortages going on in the UK, I reckon uh, Cornwall has to give up their chickens a bit. Stop hogging all the chicken, Cornwall. You don't need to do it. Stop hogging all the ghosts as well. I mean, it doesn't have all the ghosts. But Cornwall seems to be a fairly spooky place. It's obviously a very piratey place. But there's a lot of weird mythology and ghosts connected to Cornwall. Uh, is The Beast of Bodmin Moor, that's a Cornish thing, isn't it? That's some sort of mythological beastly creature. Anyway... We're, we're we're this is more straightforward ghosts, I suppose. In this movie, uh, Ray Milland and Ruth Hussey, our brother and sister, they buy this seaside um, house, lovely house that it is as well. I think it's a nice house. They think it's a nice house. Um, the 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 granddaughter of Donald Crisp thinks it's a nice house. She grew up there, but isn't allowed to go back for some such reason that we're not quite sure at the start. Donald Crisp does not like the house, Nolan. He wants rid of it. He hates it. He hates the thought of it. I really hope that Donald Crisp has a brother called Walker. Walker Crisp. <laughs> or Donald Walker. No, Donald Walker's just Walker Crisp. It's two on the nose. <laughs> Two on the nose. Or well, when he got to the age where he needed a walker, did they just rename him Walker Crisp? <laughs> 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 oh, here he is. Here he comes. Hello. Hello, Donald. Ooh, I see you've got a new piece of apparatus, Donald. We'll call you Walker from now on. Wink, wink. Nudge, Every nudge. time they saw him, it, it was everyone. just like, what up, ready salted? The, the puns surrounded the poor man for the rest of his days, unfortunately. And he eventually That's died unfair. after an eating a large amount of Walker's crisps. Nolan, I think that the level of crisp humour... <laughs> no, no one in the US audience is going to get it because you call them chips for some reason. I'm not getting into the debate of whether things are named appropriately or not when it comes to Britain versus the US. I'm only getting into the debate of whether ghosts are uninvited or not. In this movie, they are because they don't want the ghosts there. Or at some point, actually, in the movie, they're actually really into having the ghosts there. So I don't really get the title because I like the fact ghosts would be there i would invite ghosts i mean not evil ghosts not nasty ghosts and you said before not necessarily casper because it's a little bit too you know the casper the friendly ghost well you're a bit too friendly for my liking casper i want some darkness there please That's you want like the steve w show version of casper where they make him really edgy I want, uh, Re I just want Rex Harrison from from the Ghost and Mrs Muir. That would do for me. I mean, not oh. in a romantic sense. That's a romantic <laughs> movie and 
me and Rex Harrison, I don't think, would be a, a particularly good pair, as neither of us are appropriately sexually orientated. <laughs> however, um, however, he was in Hollywood in the 40s, so they were all pretty much bisexual. I mean, that's kind of true. And polyamorous. Everybody's all sorts. Everybody's doing all sorts. No, you never talk about it because, oh dear, we can't do that. Well, oh yeah, there's plenty of it. There is plenty of that kind of nonsense. Well, not nonsense, but sometimes nonsense going around. Did you enjoy this movie, though? Yeah, I, I do think black and white film for a ghost story is very appropriate. Of course it is. It always makes it always adds something, doesn't it? I think people think black and white takes something away from movies, not in ghost movies, because you get to see the shadows clearer, and you get to feel the gloominess more gloomily, and that is the that is the most appropriate thing. You don't want bright, supposedly scary ghost movies because they don't work no i mean for black and white like i think it adds to the sex with um a noir film being black and white adds to it a ghost film a monster film a romantic comedy and a lighthouse starring robert pattinson and willem dafoe these are all great from being black and white yeah i mean what's what's more haunted the lighthouse from the lighthouse or, or the house from this movie. Probably the lighthouse from the lighthouse, to be honest with you. I mean, there's enough. I mean, the lighthouse craziness. itself in that movie is not the scary thing. It's what Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe get up to. But is that just because of the lighthouse? Perhaps. Mm. Does the lighthouse f- come alive? Mm. <laughs> Think about that, did you? I did not, and... I'm kind of jumping ahead with this because I did really want to talk about this part. I feel this movie could have benefited from ending earlier. Okay, well, let's. Why? Why don't we like a free-flowing conversation here, don't we, Nolan? So go ahead. Well, you see, in ghost stories and gothic stories, as I came to understand them, are essentially tragedies. Yeah, and they they really shouldn't end on like a sort of a happy note. And the ending for this one, I feel it would have been perfect if it had ended at the cliff. And then that's where you just see the the end part. But then it goes on and it's like some sort of final defeat battle with the last ghost. And I'm like, I I don't think I really needed this. Like, I feel it would have made more sense to end it at the cliff. I get that. I, I I understand that I, that that would make for a, I think a bolder way of finishing absolutely. But then you've also got to remember, nineteen forty four. This is prime Hayes Code time. Evil is evil legally cannot win in a movie. So yeah, like I I think this coming out in World War Two is why you have kind of the Hollywood eyes happy ending at the end. Yes, you need a little bit. <laughs> you need some positivity, Nolan. Come on. It's, it's like how I reckon time. because of COVID times, I think that's how a lot of movies are going to be for the next uh, couple of years as they're all going to have, whether they work for the story or not, they're all going to f- kind of go towards these kind of togetherness type endings. Like mark my words on this. I think every big movie made 
after COVID is going to end with some kind of togetherness message. Do you think that's a bad thing, though? Because is that not just playing to the culture it's coming out in appropriately? I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I do think it's a little bit pandering when you try to apply it to every story. Yeah, like even, I suppose. Even if the story doesn't call for it. I mean, yes, okay. If the story doesn't call for it, if there's no... And, you know, like this movie, there's no legal document saying what you can and can't show in a movie um to to kind of hinder you which there and also after moment, covid literally having a message of being together with people kind of sounds like a weird way to go about it but people want to be together with people maybe i'm just feeling optimistic and ha- have our roles switched just... i swear i've become yeah. the cynical one now well you've been saying this for months <laughs> I think you've been saying this for the last two years. You've become the cynical one. I don't know what's happened. I don't know what's happened. Maybe you just don't like uh, people coming together, uniting to defeat the greater evil of worldwide pandemics. No, but maybe you just are a solitary figure roaming the desert on your own. Like a ghost! Like a ghost. Uh, I mean, actually, I did, when I was uh, doing some kind of, like, horror quiz thing, they did say, based on my look, if I was in a horror film, I would probably be a ghost. I don't know why. Maybe it was because of based it was a black look, and white picture. Sort of, based on your look? What does that mean? You look what? old and decaying. It you looks look kind of... Congratulations. I expected to get vampire, honestly. But for some reason, I got ghost. Well, sometimes with the... I mean, in the past, with the hair and the beard, it's been quite werewolf-like, hasn't it? Yes. Which is why the beard is gone and the hair is blonde. Yes. These days, I suppose... No, because vampires exclusively, as you well know, have to have jet black hair. I can't be a vampire. Well, it was in The Lost Boys, maybe. I disagree with the Lost Boys, and it's not. You don't like punk vampires. Punk vampire, what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, as we all know, vampires have to have jet black hair. Ghost, I think. Yes, okay. I, I, I see this now. I see this now. But there's nothing wrong with that. People like ghosts, as we've already discussed. Maybe it's because I'm dead inside. Even in this movie, people, if that's a horrible thing to say. (laughs) People like the ghosts in this movie. I mean, the main ghost that we have to contend with, I suppose the story. I'm going to get a picture up of this ghost because I do love the design. And I want to talk about it a bit more in detail. It's kind of a cool little exposure effect that they're using for this ghost. In this, it's nothing big. It's not even like a full human. It's just like a wispy cloud of a ghost that they use. And I think it works really well, actually. To me, it kind of looks Phantom of the Opera y with like the way the face looks. I was going to say it looks a bit like a David Bowie album, but I don't think David Bowie was around in this time. 
David Bowie. I don't. I don't know when David Bowie was born. To be honest with you, I don't. But yeah, this ghost looks like a see-through David Bowie. A see-through. <laughs> okay. Okay, that's a weird description, but okay, fair enough. This is supposed to be the ghost of, uh, of the mother of whose character what's her name I think. the granddaughter donald i think it's donald crisp daughter isn't it? um stella stella meredith played by gail russell is, is the granddaughter she's quite a nice character in this she's young ray meland takes a liking to her and she just kind of wants to have her childhood home be part of her life again but her grandfather isn't isn't letting and because of this haunting situation so she she doesn't she kind of doesn't care about that and when it does come to it i mean you get some pretty interesting scenes like you alluded to before to do with cliff edges and supposedly her mother died falling off the cliff edge didn't she nolan and uh, yeah the ghost of her mother tempts her towards the cliff edge as if to say come we can be together again stella meredith and enjoy our afterlife together if you just jump off this cliff it's the old phrase nolan if that man jumped off a cliff would you follow him <laughs> no um You're... let's see if it was like if it was like a spring break type deal and it was like, you know, yeah, those but... cliff jumping things that you get with uh, like rowdy teenagers, I might consider it. Nobody should ever be jumping off a cliff. It's very dangerous and you might die. Yes, this but is my uh, be all and end all statement. Yeah, but we do have a bit of a population crisis. That's if you want are you we're suggesting? Gonna... <laughs> no, because if they're stupid enough to jump off a cliff or if they're drunk, I say that's fucking nature taking the trash out. That is you like nature deleting the trash bin off its hard drive. I, I, why are you turning into Thanos all of a sudden? <laughs> hey, I'm not going to enforce it. They're doing it all on their own. I... I know how we can deal with population, with overpopulation. We'll just get everybody to jump off a cliff. No, but Thanos did it himself. I'm saying just let nature do its thing. And if nature you says these guys are idiots or I'm going to jump off of cliffs because they're drunk and die because it's a stupid thing to do, I say let them do it. Right, well... Def it'll definitely know. shorten queues at Disneyland. It's, that's your main concern. The queue <laughs> length of Disneyland. You have any idea how popular those are going to be after fucking reopening? You would happily see a good percentage of the population jump off cliffs out of stupidity to their deaths just so you could go on the haunted mansion quicker and <laughs> Remember them whilst surrounded <laughs> by all the ghosts on the ride. This is sadistic, Nolan. Where has this come from? <laughs> what, what's happened? 
has Halloween gotten to you? Have you just become a maniac? I I think so. Uh, have, you, have you started feeling very Halloweeny yet, or was this movie your, your first of the month? Uh, no, I started feeling very Halloweeny a couple of days ago uh, when I escaped from a mental institution and tried to kill my baby sister. Yes. See, now you are trying to play off the fact that you're Michael Myers. Yeah, but then it went bad because I described what reboot Michael Myers does, so I'm going to take that one back. Well, um, no, that's what he does in... in Yes, but the... Yes, but those sequels don't exist in my mind. So it's just Halloween and Halloween 2, or are we, are we forgetting Halloween 2 as well now? I'm forgetting Halloween 2. Halloween. You can't have Halloween 2, it's good. Halloween 2 has good like movie. two good kills in it. No, it's a better movie than just that. I mean, it's not the first movie, but it's a good movie. <laughs> if I say any more, I'm going to get roasted by the 80s horror fans, so... I.e. me. I.e. you, yeah. People like Season of the Witch. I love Season of the Witch, but that's a movie that has nothing to do with Michael Myers. It is, but it's still a Halloween movie. People like... <coughs> people like the new movies. That even yeah. the, Hall- the Halloween Halloween Kills hasn't necessarily come out yet. Um, or does it come out like now? Does it come out at the air date of this episode? Uh, comes out next week, no, I believe. Next week. Next week. I've got my weeks mixed up. It's next week. Along with I'm Venom, Let There Be out. Carnage. Which is already out in the US, I believe. Which, uh, yeah. I mean, to, to go back to this movie, I feel there's also a symbiotic yes. relationship going on with the house. And I and I can understand that because I'm curious about this about you. Have you grown up in the same house your whole life? Yes. Right. See, I've moved several times, and whenever I would go back to my first house in Aberdeen, I'm just like I was hit with just nostalgia and wanting to stay there. And when we sold that house, I was quite sad. So I can understand that connection of like wanting to stay in your childhood home because you feel sort of like everyone's together there no matter how grim the situation is yeah it's a big part of this movie that 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 feeling the and you know with ray melanda and ruth i'll see the brother and sister coming into the new house there's a little bit of resentment almost of of or perhaps Maybe when uh, the mother died, she simply went into the future and saw how bad the housing crisis would get, so she desperately just wants to keep that house in their name. This is such a lovely house, we're not getting rid of it, please. (laughs) That's a good way, there's a good reason to haunt, I think. And it is, it is, I mean, it's not, not the reason the mother's haunting the house. She is kind of haunting it to because she she wants to be together with her family in that house, I suppose. Whether whether that's alive or dead, because like we say, she does tempt 
quite intensely, really. I think those scenes. Are, I suppose that really house it could well represent stayed. kind of an afterlife because it's quite an isolated place. Yeah, and but uh, isolated locations are just perfect for horror movies, aren't they? No, and the edge of society where all the craziness takes place. It goes back. Oh, this is a theory. That goes I've got a theory in, about afterlife stuff. Like, uh, I go ahead, yes. For a long time, I've always felt what if there's an idea of an afterlife, it's probably going to be different for every, it's either going to be different for every person and it's going to be like your perfect idealized world, or, and, yes. and that's, I think, whatever this one's kind of drawing on, or it is essentially God's fucking Poonhouse shack where he is proving to the world that he's a necrophiliac by fucking every dead person that comes That's into it. That's horrible. Why, why do you have to bring down the conversation hey, from intelligent afterlife to some sort of sordid god orgy that we don't need to get involved with? Do we? The Christian world does not appreciate that. No. The Christian world does not appreciate me, but I didn't say I was referring to the Christian god. I could that's have been referring to Zeus, who was a notorious poonhound. Well, that's... Yes, okay. Uh, that was my... Christian being the world's dominant religion bias coming out there. <laughs> and I will admit that. Fair enough. Still. The afterlife is just ghosts. It's spirits walking around doing whatever they do. Some are more prevalent than others because some have more important personal matters to attend to in the afterlife than others. Closure. That's what most ghosts are about, isn't it, Nolan? Closure. That's all we're getting here. Closure. We want to be together. We, You know, I died too soon. I want us all to be together. I do not want Ray Milland and Ruth. Maybe then Ray Milan is the uninvited. Maybe he's what they're referring to oh, as the uninvited. That's a good idea. I like that. I like I prefer that. I prefer to take the ghosts side in this movie, to be honest with you. I mean we do get some pretty nice kind of seance scene. I really like that seance scene. It's uh I actually think it was quite I mean for 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 the for the time this isn't <coughs> this isn't a pre-code movie so you can't get away with saying basically whatever the hell you want and it being okay but I actually thought this was this movie was quite open to spirituality and connecting with the dead uh, and not in just a kind of straightforward, oh, you're a ghost, let's have a conversation way, but in a reaching out to them. And like I said, there, there's this whole seance situation with the moving glass and the questions and the answers. And it's all a little bit most haunted. Sure, we've gotten too used to that kind of trash television stuff now. But this was really cool, I thought. And they brought latest inductee into the Mustache Hall of Fame in to help them connect with the dead. Doctor, I forget what his, what his character's name is. He's a doctor. 
he's a doctor, but he's like a ghosty doctor. And you always need one of those in a ghost doctor. movie. Of course you do. If you but don't have Alan a priest, Napier. you have this guy. Exactly. It's Alan Napier, also known as Adam West's Batman's Alfred. That is a fun bit of trivia there. Latest inductee into the Mustache Hall of Fame, Mr. Alan Napier. Applause for Alan Napier, TV's Alfred from the 60s. Holy shit. They, I just realized something about Batman 89 from that. So the Joker in it's called Jack Napier. That might be a nod yes. to Alan Napier. Yes, I think it was. Uh, Burton, That's you cool. classy it, motherfucker. It's very cool. It's very cool. I liked seeing him pop up. He was quite youthful and he looked, he didn't look like old Alfred, basically, did he? But he, he was, I liked, I liked seeing him pop up in this movie. I did like your idea, though, that it's actually new owners of a haunted house that are the real uninvited, not the ghosts themselves. You can go either way, pick your side. But I like that. I like that thought, Nolan. Well done. Thank you. What else did we appreciate about this movie? It has a legitimately exciting finale. Okay. Which you normally don't get much in ghost movies. Like, I think before the 70s, I would say ghost movies were quite minimalistic and toned down. This movie, like, it's it still got that minimalism going for it, but it's quite an exciting finale, like being like lured to the cliff, thinking, "Oh shit, is she gonna jump or not? Is she gonna?" Yeah. Almost, do you want her to jump because the theme of the story is all about being reunited with your family, or do you want her to stay with Ray Milano and build her own family? Because there's this really fun sort of generational thing where it's like, "I'm afraid of living my own life, starting my own family, because that's scary. Should I just choose the safe option?" and be yeah. with my family. And I don't know, there's a lot of... I love when ghost stories can touch on like really relatable aspects like that. It's uh, deeper than you might think, which is what I think that it makes this movie stand out, you know, aside from sillier ghost movies of, of whether it be the third, you know, the, our decades that we tend to deal with on, on this show. It has legitimately good emotion to it, whilst being a fun, entertaining movie that's fairly light-hearted, I suppose, but it's certainly not silly. And it takes itself really seriously, and it asks some really good questions like you've just brought up. I, I just really appreciated it for that. I don't think it's on the same level as The Innocence or The Haunting, the two perfect ghost movies of old Hollywood. I do not think it's on that level. Or oh, old Hollywood, old Britain, whatever you want to call it. They both came out in the early 60s. It's not on that level. But it's not far off. It's really not far off. It's on. I mean, the ghost of Mrs. Mule that me and Janine covered last week is a different type of story because it's an entirely a fantasy romance. The haunting in that from Rex Harrison isn't much haunting at all. 
it's barely scary, but it's not supposed to be. It's very emotional and very romantic and very, well, quite deeply layered with all these questions being asked like this one is, but in a different way. The family aspect of this really adds that just kind of impressive level to it. And that level that takes it above being a run-of-the-mill horror movie. Because I think it still is it's still a horror movie, it's still a ghost movie, it still has scary, frightening elements in there, creepiness to it, eeriness to it, sure. The first night, I think, when they're hearing the wailing of the ghost and they think it's some sort of weird radio connection to somebody in the village. But it's really quite, you know, gripping. It's quiet. And you just hear this wailing and the whispering of trying to figure out what's going on, the shaking with fear. It's really, it's really well... Uh, I think it's a really well-crafted movie, to be honest with you. It's just really well kind of shot. It's really well put together. And it might not be one that's on everybody's radar, which is always my favourite thing to do on this show, is showcase these movies that aren't, you know, you think, oh, I'll go and watch an old ghost movie. I'll go and watch The Innocence or The Haunting. But you can go and watch this movie as, as well for Halloween. You can go and watch The Ghost and Mrs. Muir, even though it isn't really scary. It's an excellent ghost movie. Or you can go and watch some of the other ghost movies that we'll be discussing on uh, both this show and Morgan Hasn't Seen, of course. But I think yes. this one, you should put this one down, please. Yeah, stop watching Hocus Pocus and Nightmare Before Christmas for the 5,000th time. I mean, and... never stop watching Hocus Pocus. Nightmare Before Christmas, I can't remember what it was on. It might have been on this past week's Patreon live stream where me and Janine were actually talking about how the, how the, 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 the fact we consider that Nightmare Before Christmas is monumentally overrated and over well thought of. It's good. It should not be the sole focus of people's lives. That it Ironically, that's how I feel about Hocus Pocus, because every Halloween I get reminded that, hey, remember how great Hocus Pocus is? And it's like, who are you? Who the fuck are you trying to convince? I have a fondness for Hocus Pocus. I do. Sure, it's good, but stop acting like it's fucking underrated when it's clearly quite popular. No, it isn't underrated at all. <coughs> it has its it has its dedicated fans, doesn't it? Much like the Nightmare Before Christmas does as well. I just think I have bias against the nightmare before christmas because unfortunately the last uh time i went to uh, a disneyland nolan which was in in 2018 it was disneyland anaheim and it was early september 
and you don't expect the haunted mansion to be anything other than, than just the regular haunted mansion in early september but oh no they'd done it up for halloween so it was all stupid nightmare before christmas and it ruined the haunted mansion ah uh, so it's a personal vendetta you have against jack a personal Skellington. vendetta against the nightmare before christmas i liked tim burton i like i do like the nightmare before christmas to be honest as a movie I just uh you so think it's overhyped. Movies. There's just so many more worthwhile movies you could watch at Halloween, which actually in my mind includes Hocus Pocus. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and plenty of ghost movies. Obviously. I think it's because it doesn't know whether it's a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie. And it tries to ple- it tries to be both, and people say, oh, it's both. You can watch it for three months straight and get away with it. No. It's one or the other. Do you want to know something really scary you can watch at Halloween? Uh, Halloween. I usually do actually watch Halloween on Halloween, so what? I was going to say the video of Matt Hancock cheating on his wife, but... <laughs> Hmm. Why I'd forgotten about that. I had. I had forgotten about that. And now, thank you very much. You've just uh, reminded me of it. Yeah, the whole world was shocked that he was married. <laughs> yes. Most of the world don't know who he is, Nolan. This is the problem. <laughs> Okay, for people who don't know who he is, imagine if a weasel took a human form. He's a British politician, by the way. Yes, he he, he was a weasel, I think is the appropriate description. He looks, let's put it more specifically, he looks like a weasel that's been slapped with a slingshot. And then a wet fish. The concept and that, of wet, slapping and that wet fish's wet fish. name is Michael Gove. <laughs> yes. The concept <laughs> of a wet fish uh, slapping somebody will never not be funny to me. I don't know why. It has to be wet. It always has. It can't be a dry fish. It can't be a cooked fish. It has to be a raw, wet fish. Is it a fish if it's underwater? Like, if you're completely underwater, are you wet? Yes. What a silly question. <laughs> but if everything underwater is wet, is anything really wet? Stop trying to get high and mighty. <laughs> yes, it's in water. It's if, wet. If every part of this house is haunted in the uninvited, is the house really haunted? Yes, because <laughs> it's haunted and the house is haunted. Are you trying to say if the house itself is is haunted? Do you think the house has anything? I don't think the house here is doing the haunting. It's specifically the well, no, it's not Monster House. It's not Monster House or The Shining or even the haunting or Trump Tower, where the house or that or Parliament. Um, <laughs> yes. Or the Queen's Parliament. Quarters. That's the last one. I'm now, I'm now thinking like Parliament probably is haunted. 
I, I, I could I could make a joke about that, but we'd be taken off the air. Yeah, possibly. But it's got to be right. Like at some point, you're dying to make these jokes now, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna allow you to at the moment. Nah. The the last one I was gonna say was the Queen's Quarters. That yes, okay, yes. See, that is. I mean, it's funny. It is. Which has well, been haunted for the past twenty years by the corpse of Prince Philip. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I who has knew been... ghost movies was going to be a problem for you, and you would just who... end up mocking the dead. <laughs> who was put there as a sort of haunted scarecrow to hide the Queen's dragon eggs? Dragon eggs now that the Queen has for some reason. The Queen has a dragon form. This isn't this isn't Westeros, Nolan. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's why the UK is doing nothing about climate change because they're waiting for the planet to get to the certain temperature so the Queen's so the can hatch. hatch. <laughs> <laughs> Where the hell has this come from? I've got absolutely no idea what has happened on this week's episode at all. Basically, I'm describing that Britain is quite a haunted place in every corner of the country. Yes, but you've brought up the concept of dragon eggs now, which have got nothing to do with anything being haunted at all. (coughs) They're not ghost dragons. A ghost dragon, now that one, I'm interested in that. There's a concept I'm interested in. I want anything else. Don't say that. That'll be J.K. Rowling's next book. No, God. I want any other things we liked (laughs) about The Uninvited. The cinematography is beautiful, and I believe it won an Oscar for Best Cinematographer. And some fun facts. Did you know who was originally going to direct this movie? I didn't, no, but I did see that it did win. Uh, I think it was back when the Oscars were doing cinematography awards for both colour movies and black and white movies. This one, the black and white movie. But yes, I did notice that. I didn't, though. Please inform me of this. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock was the first offered to direct the movie. And to my knowledge, I don't believe Alfred Hitchcock ever did a ghost movie. Oh, there might be some somewhere in his early stuff that I'm not massively familiar with, but not off the top of my head. A direct, directly a ghost movie. No. Why? What funny Hitchcock joke have you got up your sleeve now? I was just going to say any set that Alfred Hitchcock was on was definitely haunted. Why? Um, I feel like anybody who knows about the exploits of Alfred Hitchcock can fill in the blanks on that one. Right. We're now, mate. Right. Okay. Yes. He hitched his cock in every set he was on. Brilliant. Brilliant. I knew there was, <laughs> I knew there was something coming like that. Definitely. Were you just... Are you just focused on the fact that Ray Milland and Ray Milland was in a couple of Hitchcock movies. Is that is that your... I mean, he was, but also, there? I mean, Hitchcock was going to direct this movie, but I 
for unknown reasons, he didn't. What was Hitchcock doing in 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 1944? This was in his cheating on his first uh, wife, like, sabotage, spellbound era, wasn't it? Before he did rope, <laughs> probably cheating on people. Yes, okay, we're not here to say that Mr. Hitchcock was particularly perfect, as we all know. But I did find out, actually, here's an interesting fact for you, that the screenplay was written by the writer of 101 Dalmatians. That is awesome. Now now I really want there to be like a fan fiction crossover where Cruella kidnaps, succeeds in kidnapping the puppies and then decides to take Recluse at this house in Cornwall, and then it's just constantly haunted by the ghost. Eventually, the puppies chase Cruella off the cliff, the only thing saving her being her long furry coat and cigarette smoke that everyone just assumes is her turning into her ghostly form. I think the only way Cruella Deville could possibly be more smoky is if she turned into a ghost. So, yeah. You wouldn't know where the cigarette ends and the ghost Cruella begins <laughs> with Cruella the ghost would you and it'd just be what is that weird protrusion of smoke there Cruella oh that's just my cigarette I don't know I mean hey Disney Cruella no one's interested in Cruella 2 just make that movie instead ghost Cruella the 101 ghosts <laughs> yeah let's just have 101 ghosts I did want to ask you, actually, of what do you make of the character of Miss Holloway? Miss Holloway. Yes. I always struggle with this because sometimes I forget character names, so... Yeah, she's the the slightly older, wealthy woman who runs that... Well, they they don't call it a... You know, they don't call it a, a, a mental institution, do they? But you know what it is. It's the the hospital where that doesn't call its patients patients. It calls them residents and guests and things like that. It's that woman. The woman who owns that, who, when, um, when, what's her name? I keep forgetting people's names. Scarlet, Scarlet, Stella. When Stella goes on, you know, a bit of a funny episode and starts trancing out because of her mother's haunting, and they go there, and it's the owner of that mental institution. I only ask you because it would appear. And I think, to be honest, having seen this fact before and seen the movie or whilst I was watching the movie... I kind of got it. I kind of got some low-key gay undertones that they were going for with Mm. Miss Holloway. And apparently they got, like, told off about it because, oh, it was too obvious. Not that it's remotely massively obvious, unless I think you're looking for that kind of thing. 
I, I didn't see that with her, to be honest. I definitely would have mentioned it. But maybe that's just because yeah, they had I to mean, cut out so many of the gay shit. Well, Mo, I don't think it's not going to be outright, is it? Because obviously, like I said, it, it's prime haze code time. You can't say boo to a damn goose in the haze code. So you certainly can't go around, you know, being yourself, shall we say. No, I, I just saw her as like the kind of character in a, a horror story who exists to kind of explain what's going on. Because like she gives context to the whole thing. She does, and she's wise, and she's knowledgeable, and she's... Which, I mean, those roles are usually relegated to minority characters, so, I mean, fair enough. I think it's more, to be honest, to do with the kind of, I'm an older woman and not married and not interested in being that way with people. I think it's more along the lines of that, which does come across. It's not a massive part of the movie. So she's either gay or she's Anne Whittacombe. Or both. <laughs> not both. Not both. So I, I honestly I think Anne Whittacombe might be the right age to have been there when this movie came out. I think that woman would be the right age. I mean, not to be <laughs> offensive to old people. I love old people, obviously. But Truly, the woman must be 328 years old at this point. Again, you don't this have to is feel, somebody that you, nobody knows unless you know her. But, but you, you don't have to feel bad about insulting her because she's a homophobic walking mudslide. Yes. She's probably worth more insults than that, to be honest with you. She. A deeply unpleasant woman. A woman who looks like she's had her face plastered on with Mary Berry's icing paper. No, that would be too delicate, Mary Berry's icing paper. It should be too that that takes too much care. This is an amateur using Mary Berry's icing paper. <laughs> this That's is Jamie Oliver using opinion. Mary Berry's icing paper. I don't want to be insulting to the appearance of her. I just want to be insulting to the brain of her or what constitutes her brain, which is clearly just some sort of angry, vitriolic mass of hate and fire. Pretty much. But then again, isn't that what? Hauntings are all about. She must be haunted. No, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was trying to, I was trying to segue it back, and I don't think it worked. Anyway, anyway, no. And I did want to just bring up that little bit, just right at the end, just to see if we did get anything out of that, because apparently it was a thing. Well, if it was a thing, I didn't really see it. I really enjoyed this movie, though. I, I did too. I. I don't know if it got remade or there's just another movie that has the same title. I think it's a remake, to be honest with you. I was, I, I, I do think it's a remake. Or it's certainly because I almost movie. watched that one. Yes, please do not watch. Please never watch the remake. Unless, of course, we are doing some sort of deja vu, me and Janine. But um, it's never that good, is it? 
when are the days i'm i'm speaking to you listening right now yes you there sat in wherever you are or stood perhaps i can't directly see you but when is the deja vu movie ever actually better or mostly worthwhile when compared to the original movie that Janine and I discuss on the show. It has maybe happened about three times in total where the movie we actually uh, did the deja vu of, the, the, the remade movie, was actually stood up to the original or in, I can think of one instance off the top of my head where it was actually better and that was The Nutty Professor with Eddie Murphy, which is a better movie than Jerry Lewis's The Nutty Professor. Facts. Anyway. I was going to say The Thing from Another World and John Carpenter's The Thing. Yes, but that's not been an episode of the show, has it? Basically. No, but maybe it will be in the future. Hashtag wink Possibly. wink. Quite possibly. That's for that sounds like something for next year's Halloween spooky season thing where it's alien monsters or something like that. And then we can if talk about Anne Winnicom again. Possibly, as she might be an alien monster, we can't be too sure. But I really or she has joined the queen in having a dragon form. Brilliant. I don't know where the dragons... Where have the dragons come from? Why are we obsessed with dragons now? Have you just watched that trailer for the new <laughs> Game of Thrones show, The House of the Dragon? I haven't watched that yet. No, I just... It feels... I feel like calling the royal family lizard people is getting a bit older, old, so I decided to just upgrade it. To dragons... People like yeah. dragons, though. Not many people like lizards. Lizards are like weird and tiny and jittery things. Dragons are cool. Everybody likes dragons. Nobody doesn't like dragons. Every type of dragon. Smaug, the dragons from Game of Thrones, Drogon, uh, the Hungarian Horntail and, and the Chinese Fireball and those ones from Harry Potter and other dragons as well. Um, St. George and the dragon, but that one ended up dying. Everybody likes dragons. Anyway, everybody likes ghosts as well, and you should like, or you should watch. Maybe you don't have to like it, nobody's forcing you, but we like 1944's The Uninvited with Ray Milland, Ruth Hussey, and Donald Crisp. Yay. Great. Episode 180 of It's a Wonderful Podcast. This has been... Nolan, we will be back in a couple of weeks for another ghost movie. It's going to be fun, because it's ghostly season. And we're getting really into it. Like, I'm really into it now. But at that point... I like to be super hyped up into it because Morgan's Halloween nonsense starts really kicking off then. And I just get super horror-fueled and, and 
Glory How many pumpkin spice like lattes have you had? I don't drink pumpkin spice lattes, but I because I don't drink milk in a coffee. You can but have a plant-based milk. I'd still don't drink milk in a coffee, but I have the the little spice in mixed in with the coffee in just a black coffee that's autumnal. I like that. I mean, you could have that and also uh, get a pumpkin spice candle. Yes, we put the can the candles, and I always have the pumpkin. Although I rarely carve the pumpkin, and I just kind of have sit the pumpkin there because I just think that looks more rustic. I'm into that kind of thing, that kind of. Uh, vibe. Whenever I buy a pumpkin, I usually just roast it in the oven. But I never, no, I don't eat the pumpkin. It's a display pumpkin. It might mold and rot on the inside, but then isn't Halloween all about molding and rotting from the inside and being creepy and death and decaying and nastiness? Are, are you yes. describing the slogan for the Tory party? And another one just had to be thrown in there right then. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yes. Yes, I was in fact describing that. Anyway, thank you everyone for listening to episode 180 of It's a Wonderful Podcast. This show is, of course, not the only show you can find on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed, though. As I said before, on Morgan Hasn't Seen Every Wednesday, it is also ghostly season. That is with me and Janine every week, uh, where she's uh, showing me some, some ghost movies that I haven't seen. And we started off... Well, we started off uh, that this week with the uh, with High Spirits from 1988, which is a ridiculous movie, silly movie with Peter O'Toole and Daryl Hannah and uh, Liam Neeson and Steve Gutenberg, and we had a really weird and fun discussion about that movie on this week's Morgan hasn't seen, but that is every Wednesday. We also have. Machine Mondays every Monday with Janine herself talking all uh, schmow down things. I am here every week on It's a Wonderful Podcast. Nolan is here every other week. Janine is here the other weeks where Nolan isn't here on this show. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we have you covered here on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed. We also have the It's a Wonderful Podcast YouTube channel that we are trying to put more things out on again very soon, but we do have some fun stuff there as it is now. Go and subscribe over there, do your notification bell things, and we have the Patreon as well. It's a Wonderful Podcast on Patreon if you would like to support us that way. Go on to Patreon, type in the show's name, and find the tier that is right for you. You can find the show on Twitter at It's a Wonderful One. Find me on Twitter at the Purple Don with the three instead of the E in the because three is, of course, the magic number, especially when it comes to ghosts. Because triangles, Nolan, are the strongest shape, and all ghosts should come in threes to ensure their strength. Triangles, three, perfect number. Or on Instagram, at just the purple don. But all your lovely stuff, Nolan, is where? 
is at uh, nolandean27 on Twitter. And also, if you would like to keep up with my comedy exploits, you can follow me at theglasgowkid1, where I'll be posting oh. a lot of my stuff from uh, doing stand-up and everything, which I'm going to be doing next month at the stand in Glasgow, a local comedy club. You might even see some YouTube uploads, so you may get to see what I look like in real life. I hope you can handle Hopefully. that, but sometimes my family can't even handle seeing me in real life, so we'll see how that goes. Well, if if it, if your insults on other people's appearances from today's episode are anything to go by, Nolan, you had better wish that people think you are the most glorious-looking human being in the entire world, otherwise you're going to get pelters, my friend. Oh, I, I welcome the pelters. I'll be like Jimmy Carr <laughs> and just like sort of live off them. Fair enough. Fair enough. I appreciate that. Anything else? Oh, well, I don't really have much else to plug. Just uh, I'm back at uni. I'm enjoying it. I am cool. currently cat sitting for cats, which is hilarious. I bet it is. It is extremely fun. And I currently now look completely different. I have blonde hair and a diamond piercing. Morgan thinks it's very stylish, I'm sure. In fact, I am going I to do. try convince him to pierce his own ear when next time I see him. I think you look like a member of Duran Duran. <laughs> That's what I think. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Before we go, though, no, before we go, I actually want a one-word answer to this question from you. It's got nothing to do with ghosts. It's got nothing to do with ghost movies. But it's got something to do with a fairly big recent movie. Yes or no? Do you think... No Time to Die was an appropriate send-off for Daniel Craig. Yes. As do I. As do I. There we go. This is where I say thank you again for listening to this episode. I will say goodbye until next time. And ask Nolan, of course, to see us out in whatever way he so chooses. Before we go... I'd like to leave you all with this thought. Change is a big part of life. Change is not something that you should be afraid of. In fact, but you should be aware that every form of change comes with both positive and negative stuff. Cinderella proved that something as simple as a new pair of shoes could change your life. But the latest Cinderella movie on Amazon proved that no beloved childhood story is safe from James Corden. Recently, we've been hit with a fuel shortage, and rather than worry about making the change from not using your car, instead save what little fuel you have, using it to load up your super soakers to spray during James Corden's next flash mob. <laughs> and I've got a theory about James Corden. Would you like to hear my theory about James Corden? Yes. James Corden is the byproduct of what would happen if the guy who looked after Alvin and the Chipmunks was fucking them. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. What a way to end. Is that the end? That is the end. That's the end. Because that's a great end. Thank you, everyone. Bye. <laughs>